Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you. New York Vinny hanging out with you here Saturday morning, just a little after 8 o'clock in the West, a little after 11 in the East. It is Drive Time. Our weekly uh, automotive get-together where you sit around and talk about cars with people or talk about people with cars. If you talk about people with cars, and you know you've talked to your car. I mean, let's face it. You're not, I'm not the only one here, right, that sat in the car and talked to the car, like looked at the dashboard at one point and said, look at that nitwit change lanes like that, right? Uh, come on, let's face it. We all talk to our cars every once in a while, but we do it weekly here and uh, try to give you some information, make you laugh a little bit, especially in these trying times where we all need a little bit of laughter, a little bit of sunshine, and a little bit of, um, I don't know, togetherness, if you will. And cars are something that always have been known throughout uh, the annals of the last hundred or so years to bring people together. It's kind of separated them at parts, too, obviously, with the distances, but also brought people together around uh, different uh, events and meetings. I mean, you get 100,000 every year for the uh, for the Indy 500, which is not going to happen. Uh, the, well, it's going to happen later this year, but we'll all see all sporting events, races, and everything are kind of all, you know, shoved off to the side a minute. Well, more than a minute, a couple of months, actually, to see how this whole thing uh, pans out. But, be that as it may, we are continuing with our uh, social distancing, mask-making. The manufacturers are cranking out ventilators and masks. Uh, so, got quite a few press releases from uh, the different manufacturers this week talking about how they were delivering masks. Volkswagen seemed to uh, be the top one. Uh, as they were uh, everywhere, I guess they're doing um, a protective gear, face shield, and um, and uh, you know the uh, surgical masks, and they're doing them and delivering them to hospitals uh, in the east. And uh, many of these car manufacturers are chipping in and doing what they can. I mean, I, listen, I don't think they're doing it for free, but they're making sure that this stuff gets made and gets out there, and that is uh, exactly what needs to happen right now. I guess they'll sort out the, uh, you know, the monetary stuff later. But right now, the important thing is, is that these means of production are geared toward putting out the equipment and the different things that this country needs uh, for its medical needs at the moment. And then, uh, we'll figure everything out uh, later. I'm sure it'll uh, be done. Uh, you know, who who goes out and buys cars and gets cars and this, that, and the other thing will fig- be figured out later. But for right now, I'm glad to see uh, that the auto manufacturers and people, uh, you know, that work for the manufacturers are out there doing what they can do. I know there's uh, a lot of different jobs that need to be done. And, you know, from... People volunteer, and I think one of the things I saw this week that was really uh, touched my heart a little bit is is mechanics volunteering to go help out uh, and fix ambulances in a couple of cities. You know, the uh, ambulance mechanics are working uh, overtime to try to keep up with these ambulances going 24-7, and... um, you know, they don't have enough personnel there either. So you have now auto mechanics and people who, maintenance people, who are volunteering their time going to different garages and stuff like that and trying to help out to keep the ambulances uh, and the aid cars on the road. And that was just something that really, you know, there's almost, and I, and I feel a little bit like a schlub because I haven't been out there doing, I guess, what I would feel was, was my part to be out there. But this week, I'm going to try to find something, anything, deliver meals, help people out. Uh, there's, you know, we're, we're at that kind of lag point in this thing where you can kind of, you know, kind of resign yourself to, oh, my, I'm going to be stuck here in this net, or, 
you can uh, kind of renew your vigor, as President Kennedy would say, vigor, and um, go out there and try to find something that'll uh, that'll that you can help out with. And it's, there are things you can do from your house, from where you are. Um, neighbor lady of mine is making masks on her sewing machine. And, you know, it's not a lot. Maybe it's 10, 15, 20 a day. But, you know, that's 20 people that are going to have their mouths covered. 20 people that are going to sneeze into a mask instead of a... Um, uh, instead, instead of out to the open air, 20 people who may not spread this, uh, this dreaded virus. And if we can get that from people, that's a good thing. All right, on the show today, uh, Scotty Reese is going to join us. Scotty from uh, She Knows Cars, our website. And uh, Scotty, a, a friend and also somebody who is, uh, is well-versed in automotive uh, she will join us to talk um, a little bit about the World Car Awards that would have been presented at the New York International Auto Show this week. But unfortunately, uh, the auto show is a field hospital in New York. The Javits Center converted into uh, one of the first places that was converted into a field hospital. So we will uh, jump on with Scotty. We have our cartoon of the week as we pay tribute to John Prine. On that, and we will take a look at the Chevrolet Colorado Bison Diesel Big Mama Puller House down a mountain, back up again pickup truck that I got a chance to uh, squire around just last week. So lots of stuff coming up for you in drive time. I'm New York Vinny. It's eight ten. Come back with Scotty Reese here on eleven fifty KKNW. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety, always buckle up. Pull your seat belt snug, give an extra tug. Buckle up for safety, buckle up. Buckle up for safety, buckle up. Buckle up for safety, always buckle up. Show the world you care by the belt you wear. Buckle up for safety when you're driving. Buckle up, buckle up for safety, buckle up. The National Safety Council says seat belts can and do save lives every day. Buckle up for safety, everybody. Buckle up. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. I'm a charger that charges through the night like an orange. Back with you here on Drive Time Radio, New York, Vinny. Sitting with you on a Saturday morning, kind of gray here in Seattle. I understand it's uh, nicer in other parts of the state. And we've had a couple of really gorgeous days. I mean, days that you just want to go out and take a cruise around. And hopefully uh, in the not-too-distant future, we'll all be able to do that again. She's been on the show with us before. And... She will continue to be on the show with us again because she's just a fun guest to have on. She's a, uh, a, a woman who knows her cars and knows um, a lot about uh, the automotive world, the world of fashion. She is, uh, If she was a guy, we would call her a boulevardier, which is a very good title. It means you know a little bit about everything. Scotty Reese from A Girl's Guide to Cars joins us. Scotty, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. I'm doing great. Doing great. Love that it's Saturday. Good. How does it feel to be called a Boulevardier? That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good title, huh? That is good. I've never been called that before, but uh, I like it. That's a person of knowledge who knows just a little bit about everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So how you doing, Scotty? How you holding up under all of this uh, insanity? Doing good. Doing good. You know, I'm here in Texas. And uh, so the nice thing about Texas is we've got a lot of wide open spaces to get out and take a walk, walk the dog and that kind of thing without having uh, too many people around. So that's been that's been nice. I will say I'm used to traveling a lot. So not getting on an airplane, uh, just being here at home has been a little bit of a different experience for me Um, and not spending as much time in cars. I do 
have a, a media vehicle that I'm reviewing every week, which is nice, but it only place to go other than, you know, to the, you know, down the street for a walk. But um, so that's a little unusual, but I'm enjoying the wide open roads. There's not a lot of traffic. So I think there's some, there's some nice things that, you know, some silver linings to this era that I think will, uh, will walk away with new appreciation for things, if nothing else. Well, if nothing else, we're all getting our uh, our files cleaned out, our computers in order, and um, I think um, you know by the end of by the end of uh, this whole thing, uh, we will certainly have a deeper appreciation for travel, a deeper appreciation for uh, I think freedom actually, because we're really getting a little yeah. taste of um, what people feel like in other countries sometimes when they just can't jump in the car and, yeah. and go different places. You know, and now, so that's we such, spoke that's about such a this great earlier point. in the year. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, oh, Scotty. I talked over you. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say what a great point that um, cars give us the freedom to hop in and go where we want or need to go. And I think, you know, the last probably four or five, six years, we've been talking a lot about ride share and self-driving cars and everybody moving to the city. And what we, this pandemic has shown us is that we have to be responsible for our personal space. And if we live in the city, great. But a lot of people are deciding they don't want to live in such a densely populated area. And even if you, whether you do or you don't, having a car that you can surround yourself with a personal space is so important. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to see coming out of this pandemic is more and more people opting to own a car so that they can, whether it's a uh, you know, a, a viral outbreak or a tornado or a hurricane heading their way, they can manage their personal safety by getting in their car and going someplace where it's safe. Um, so, anyway, I was just that, that was that was my uh, <laughs> no, my thought. But I think thing that we'll learn. You know, I th- I was talking about this with somebody. Um, I don't know a couple of days ago. Is I think. And I go along with you. I think this is going to fundamentally change. You know, urban planning has been over the last, as you say, six, seven, eight, ten years that you build these clusters in the city and people are on top of each other in smaller space and ride sharing. And I just, um, I, I think this is going to change the way people look at that. People are going to want some space. I mean, if, if you have a condo downtown, you might be taking a hit, but if you got a one-bedroom house out in the suburbs with a little space around it, uh, you might have a valuable piece of property all of a sudden because people aren't going to be want to yeah. want to be on top of each other so much anymore. I think so. I think so. And cars are key to that. And even if you do live, you know, in the city, um, being able to put your family in the car, to be able to get in the car and go where you need to go. To whether it's to grocery shop or to go to a drive-through testing center to be tested for either the virus or for antibodies, um, to be able to go to a pharmacy and not have to rely on rideshare, um, I think is is really important. You know, in the best of times, leave the car in the garage and take a lift. You know, in the best of times, hop on the metro or the subway, go where you need to go and leave the car in the garage. But there are times where you really need that dependable personal transportation um, and getting in a in an Uber just isn't the best option. And this is one of those times. So I think this is going to change how we view personal vehicle ownership. Scotty Reese for Girls Guide to Cars is with us uh, here on Drive Time on KKNW 1150. All right, the World Car Awards were given out this week. Kind of sad because there was nobody at the ceremony. There was really no ceremony as this is an award uh, that's given out to uh, different um, uh, manufacturers at the New York International Auto Show, which is our big soiree that we have every year in New York, obviously. That was canceled. The Javits being used as a field hospital right now. and um, uh, But the awards were given out anyway. And there was some very, some very interesting and, and very, um, I'd say, unique cars that were that were given the award. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, so it was an inter- it was the most interesting field I think yet of the World Car Awards in the 16 year history of the awards. And like you said, that normally it's a, sort of a red carpet event at the New York Auto Show. 
Uh, we were clearly not able to do that this year because the show was uh, postponed. Right now, in theory, it's going to be uh, take place in August, but we'll see if the Javits Center is clear in time for the awards to set up. Um, not being able to give away the awards in person, we decided to do a virtual live stream. Um, the biggest challenge was the, getting the cars because so many of our cities, not just in the United States, but around the world are on lockdown and travel is prohibited except for emergencies and, you know, essential um, excursions, you know, to the grocery store or the pharmacy. So um, there were two places where uh, media is allowed to drive without question. One of those is Texas and another is California. So they have not been shutting down the media um, as long as everyone's not collecting in groups of more than 10 <laughs> and stay or right. two, I think really is the rule now and staying safe. Um, it's not something that is uh, breaking the rules. So we were able to stage um, seven of the 11 nominated vehicles or finalists, really is what they are, uh, in Los Angeles and Texas. So I had three of them here in Texas with me, and then there were four in Los Angeles with our friend Motoman TV. Um, he had the, the, some of the cars there as well. And so we had this um, global live stream. We had a production team in Toronto. We had our, our MC coming to us from New Delhi. We had one of our colleagues coming to us from Mexico City and then me here in Texas and Motoman in Los Angeles. And we were able to do an hour-long live stream to present the awards. And the nice thing is, Vinny, even though we weren't at the New York Auto Show, we still reached millions and millions of people we reached over 14 million people with our broadcast on Twitter, and that was totally amazing, um, something that I was really excited to see, that so many people got the message and were able to take a few minutes out from the stress and the strain of what's going on right now and enjoy a little um, automotive entertainment regarding World Car Awards. And so I'll quickly tell you what the contenders were and who the winners were. I know um, you had mentioned these are the best. Uh, that the manufacturers have to offer. And it really is a look at the best that are available around the world. They have to be available in two or more countries around the world to qualify. And they have to meet some other criteria as well. And so the number one best car of the year in the world was, um, was the Kia Telluride. And such an interesting vehicle to be selected by the 86 global jurors who vote on World Car Awards because it's a large, probably the largest car that's ever been given the designation of World Car of the Year. Um, it's right. a seven-passenger SUV, but it's really affordable. It's designed with an incredible amount of style, an incredible amount of capability, and, um, and it's Kia's entree into truly being a world-class vehicle, whether or not it won this award, but I'm really happy to say that it did. Have you driven it, Benny? No, I haven't. I've driven its cousin, the Palisade. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, the Palisade, very similar. Uh, Telluride, I think, struck people on and and a couple of different um, fronts in that it's, it's slightly less expensive. And it really is built more for a sense of adventure. So I think in places like Arab countries, um, Africa, India, um, places where the, there's a focus more on you know, getting it done, getting across that unpaved, you know, 40 miles of unpaved road, that kind of right. thing, the Telluride is uh, probably what we're going to see as a standard in many of these places soon. So there were four other categories that uh, awards were given away. The uh, World Luxury Car, uh, World Performance Car, World Urban Car, and World Car of the Year, World uh, Design of the Year, World Car Design of the Year. And so um, I was thrilled because I had the Telluride, the Mazda 3, and the Mazda CX-30, which were the finalists for World Car of the Year. I had those with me here in Austin. And uh, so I was able to show those on the, the live stream. And uh, I happened to have the Mazda 3, which won the World Car Design of the Year for the hatch. Well, for the Mazda 3, but I think really the, the most notable was the, the hatchback design. And I don't know if you spent some time with that. Uh, but I they did. popped and out it's a the spectacular car. 
It is, it is. And not only is it um, a lot of car for the money and it's very roomy inside, they've done some really smart things with the Mazda 3, but the, uh, the hatchback design is not your typical hatchback. They really popped it out and, and gave it this very um, sporty sort of avant-garde look that reminds me a lot of the Ferrari FF. I don't know if you remember that guy, but um, when Ferrari came out with its first sort of shooting brake hatchback um, in the FF, Everybody just went crazy. That was probably, I don't know, six or eight years ago, something like that. So it's been a while. Um, but people went crazy. The enthusiasts went crazy. And so Mazda was able to take the Mazda 3 hatchback and turn it into something that, that has that, that resonates that same way, that just makes you feel great. It's, a, it's such a beautiful design. Um, the other big news was that Porsche walked away with two awards this year for performance car and luxury car for the all-electric Taycan. And that is amazing that um, Porsche's first electric car won two awards from World Car. Um, so it was um, the Taycan's design, but also the Taycan's performance. And not just, you know, zero to 60 and the amount of power it produces, but how it produces that power, how it feels to drive, that it has a very low center of gravity, that it hugs the road, that it hugs every corner and every turn, um, that it has that you don't feel any any lag at all. That it, um, it it feels the weight of the car feels very balanced, so it feels very effortless effortless, effortless to drive. Um, right, all I have a vivid one, but but I um, from all the reports I read, and sometimes you have to live vicariously uh, at this point in time uh, with these cars, but. Um, it, it looks like every reviewer has gotten in this car and just been blown away as to how how good it is. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's a Porsche and it's a $150,000 car and I'm not going to, you know. But these are the things that drip down. What you see in the Porsche today is what will drip down into the Volkswagen tomorrow. So you really have to pay attention to how these cars are, are designed <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and the good stuff that happens with them. Yeah, and you're so right. Um, they're, the, the interesting thing about Porsche is that what they do is they start with what the overall goal is for the vehicle, and then they engineer to that goal. And very often manufacturers will say, hey, we've got this platform. What else can we do with it? And so then what you end up having is, and not that it's a bad thing, but you may have you know, a crossover that's built out of a sedan platform that may feel a little weighty or it may feel... Um, at high speeds, not quite so secure as the, as the sedan does. But with the Taycan, they really started with what the goals were to have this performance feel and to have a, a truly um, balanced feel in the drive experience. And then they engineered from there. So they could have just put an electrified infrastructure into any of their cars. They could have put it in the 911. They ended up putting it in the Panamera instead. Um, so there were a lot of different options. They could have done what Jaguar did, which was go for the SUV and put it in the Cayenne. But they, they wanted it to be a truly Porsche experience. So they, that's why they chose the Panamera. That was the one that they could truly engineer from the ground up to um, create an, an electrified infrastructure. Um, the other surprising, and of course it won the luxury award, which is no surprise at all because Porsche is known right. so well for its luxury uh, approach. But the other surprising uh, win was for the Urban Car of the Year, which also went to Kia. Uh, the Kia Soul EV won World Car uh, Urban Car of the Year. And so it was pretty thrilling to have not one but two electric cars in three categories. Three of the five categories went to electric cars, EVs. And the Kia Soul, and then this was the first time Kia's won anything from World Car. So the Soul EV and the Telluride both taking uh, wins in two different categories was pretty amazing. Um, we felt like, uh, I personally felt like Kia has worked so hard to develop this reputation for design and reliability. And design not just, you know, the cars that look good, but cars that serve a particular purpose and fill a need for a driver. And they and with Telluride, of course, that's brand new to the market. They've not built one of those before, and they had to build it literally from the ground up because they didn't have a platform to work from. 
Um, same with the Pacific, with the Palisade. They both share the same platform. Um, but with Seoul EV, they they had, you know, this was not the first time they built uh, an electric Seoul, but they did pick the Seoul because they felt like that was the one that EV drivers could, this would be the most flexible car for people who want to drive an electric car and maybe do a lot of short trips around town, um, need a flexible vehicle, um, want something that is unique and, and um, not like every other car on the road, and they want it to be electric. So the Soul EV is not out yet. It'll be out, I think, um, early next year. And uh, 250 miles on a range, you'll be able to buy it in any market in the United States. Um, and I believe around the world. But I know at least in North America, um, sometimes electrics are only limited to certain markets, but Kia and Hyundai are offering these cars to any dealer anywhere. So right, That's the you, one that uh, I think that uh, people here in Seattle, uh, you know, I mean, to tell you, obviously the, the, the two key is to tell you right is, a, is a, without a doubt a Seattle uh, type of car. But the Soul, when you get the Soul Electric, uh, that's the one where people um, – you know, the only, you know, it, it's funny because they came out with the new Seltos, which I happen to be driving this week, which is a great car. But I sat mm-hmm. in that car thinking to myself, why couldn't they build a four-wheel drive Soul? <laughs> you, you know, because you're like sitting there going, oh, man, you know, if this were if this was a Soul, it would be like, you know, and obviously for marketing purposes and so on and so forth and engineering purposes, but it's just such a great, it, it really is, I think, in a lot of ways to soul the Volkswagen bug of our time. Yeah, it really is. I think you're totally right. It's a unique car. It is certainly for the, a, a particular type of driver. I think the, the person in my mind who is really central to the, that consumer, who the, the person most likely to buy a soul, is somebody who needs a multi-purpose vehicle um, and who may do a lot of delivery or gig driving during the day. And when I, I don't really mean Lyft and Uber, but I mean like somebody who has a business that they drive around to offices or homes and, say, fix computers, and they need to right. keep a certain amount of gear in the car, or they're delivering catering, or they're delivering uh, floral deliveries. And that flexible space on the high roof line in the back um, is perfect for carrying that kind of cargo, but it's, it's small and it's easy to park. So, um, you know, when you're doing a lot of deliveries, you can't park, you know, at the end of the parking lot where you can sit a big van and then have to walk, you know, a quarter mile from the, end of the parking lot into the building. You know, you want exactly. to be able to park up front and, and be agile and move quickly. And that's the beauty of the soul is it's just it's really agile. It is uh, it moves. It, it's easy to drive. It's easy to park. Um, it's got really good visibility because you sit upright. It's, you're not sitting too low to the ground. It does have a bit of an, an SUV or crossover feel to it, the way the seating positions are uh, constructed. So, um, And then it's got, you know, every amenity. You want a sunroof. You want a great sound system, Apple CarPlay, lots of great technology. You can do a lot lights. of this. It has flashing lights for the speakers. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's one of the upgrades in the sound system is you can actually coordinate the uh, lights with your music. So it will, the light will, uh, will keep pace with whatever you have on the sound system, which is pretty cool. Sounds, sounds like a crazy thing, but you know what? If you got kids, I bet you sit them in the car and you turn on, um, you know, uh, I don't know, what are they, kids bop or whatever the uh, kids station is <laughs> no. these days. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while Disney. for me since uh, oh. you know, my daughter's 27. Um, and you, you turn the lights go on, all of a sudden the kids get fascinated and they're good for the ride, you know? Yep, it's that's a, great. It's a little we're thing, but out. it's a good thing. Scotty Reese is with us from uh, A Girl's Guide to Cars, and um, we are talking to her about the World Car Awards. I want to kind of change things up a little bit and, and get your thoughts on um, where, the, where the automotive business goes uh, from here when we come back, when we, uh, you know, when... when when the whole business gets geared up again, uh, mm-hmm. are we going to see car models go away? Are we going to see, do we have even any idea of what this business is going to look like once we uh, once we come back? That's such a good question, Vinny, and I think no one really knows. Um, I, I, I will tell you what I think. I, I think this is a macro, um, uh, and in that um, 
I think there'll be macro effect in that I think we're probably not going to see a huge change by the manufacturing side of the business. We may see, um, I think we'll, we'll see the uh, inventory that's sitting on dealer's lots right now um, uh, dwindle pretty quickly. And I think we'll see the manufacturers getting back up to speed to replace that inventory. So I don't think we're going to see a huge change on the manufacturing side. Um, and they're very numbers-driven. They look at what they sold this year, what they sold, what they anticipate, what they sold last year, what they anticipate to sell this year, and they want to make those numbers and they want to grow. I think that they will look at what new opportunities are out there, and they may, you know, do some some good research and talking to people and seeing, you know, how its opinions have changed um, and what people will want and need going forward. I think we're seeing a lot of people move from the cities to the suburbs. I know that rentals have, are on fire right now, especially in places that have been heavily impacted by the pandemic, like New York. We're seeing the yeah. rentals in the suburbs go crazy. And so we're probably going to see more and more people buying cars in the suburbs. Um, on the, but I said it's a macro. So, you know, probably not a huge change there, but where we probably will see a big change is we're probably not going to see the number of jobs refilled at dealerships. I think what we're going to see is dealerships recognizing that they, to sell each car, they only need X number of employees and that they can do these things digitally. And um, a, a, a bigger change to moving to digital paperwork, um, online preparation, um, you know, the whole um uh, uh, process that you go through, the F&I, you know, finance and insurance process, doing that all online before a customer ever comes into a dealership, um, delivery of test drive vehicles, delivery, online signing of paperwork and processing of payments, and then just uh, delivery of the key in the car at the end of the process. I think that um, dealerships will realize that their cost of sale that for the sales they're making is going to go way down. And that they don't really need, you know, 28 salespeople in their dealership. Now, that's not to say that they may not need more people processing electronic paperwork and preparing the cars and things like that. They may not necessarily reduce their headcount as much. But I think that they're going to recognize that people are very happy to never walk into a dealership and look at a car. Um, and that may end up expressing itself in efficiencies in terms of what dealerships look like and how much space they take up and where they're located, that they right. maybe they don't necessarily need to be in that expensive, pricey um, retail corridor. And maybe they don't really need all the big signs and the sort of, you know, temple of automotive excellence presence. Maybe they can operate out of a warehouse on the outskirts of town. So it's, I think that's really where we're going to see it. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I always remember, and obviously times were different when I was younger, but there used to be a, uh, you know, a dealer called Reedman Chevrolet out in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. I think that's still there in some shape or form. But basically this guy had, he had about 27 brands. He had one showroom. And when you got there, you went out, you went in a lot, and they drove you around a lot, and you picked out the car that you wanted, then you signed the paperwork and drove it away. It was a very simple, out-of-the-way operation, but he had great prices, and people would travel from hundreds of miles around to buy cars from this guy because they knew it was no hassle, no problem. You go in, you fill your paperwork out, and boom, you go out and you pick out a car. And if you were approved, you drove your car away. And it wasn't on a main drag. It was on Route 1 somewhere between Philly and New Jersey. But yet this guy sold thousands and thousands of cars because it was as hassle-free as possible. And I think that when we come out of this, that's something that people are going to want, the, the least hassle, the least problem, the least um, uh, um, pressure, the more kindness that you can put into a sale is is where people's heads are going to be at when we come out of this thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, and that, that no-haggle idea, that no-haggle, no-hassle sales approach is something that the industry, the you know, dealership world has been talking about for a long time. But when it comes down to it, they can't help themselves. They just, they just are so convinced that they can um, get another fifty bucks out of you by selling you something you don't want, or yeah. by um, by putting you through the hoops and and hoping that you don't pay attention to the details on the paperwork. And I think that's one of the reasons that the, the dealers are um, 
uh, don't want to move to all all electronic processing of paperwork because that gives you as a buyer time to really look at everything and make sure that it all adds up in your head. And I think they're afraid that, that if you have that time to do that, you'll walk away. If you if they try to slip something past you, um, that you'll walk away from them. So I think, uh, but I think this is this is a time that is um, really telling. Dealers are doing all kinds of scrappy things to try to get cars to people, and with the incentives that are out there right now, the you know six months no payments and three payments on the manufacturer and. We'll drive everything to you, and we'll sanitize the car and all of that. I mean, you know, you're talking about really a 25 or 30 percent discount off of MSRP, which is just unheard of. Um, yeah. Even at the depths of the recession, prices were not this good. So, yeah, um, if cars, you're in the market, a... buy a car now because there is not there has not been a better time. I hope that these discounts will um, they'll um, maintain them through the end of the year would be phenomenal until they really have a new inventory that is significantly markedly different and worth the, uh, you know, worth the additional cost, you know, when it's, Oh, well, it's got all this great stuff on it and that's what I want. So I'm willing to pay the price kind of like, you know, when they get, when the new Apple iPhone comes out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Now quickly, before we let you go, um, a, uh, you drove the Honda, uh, CRV hybrid, which I think is going to be a huge, huge car here in the in the Northwest. It's just out. Uh, I don't even know if it's actually out yet. It might. Um, it might should I don't be. know if it's in it dealers in or not in dealers. I haven't looked. Uh, and I haven't seen one yet. But uh, on a you know in a press fleet. Uh, but what did you think of that car? Because I think that, that that's you know if you talk about a Northwest car next to a Subaru, uh, that might be uh, something we'll see as number one or number two here in the Northwest. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. There are two um, compact crossover SUVs that are hybrid, uh, the Toyota RAV4 and the Honda CRV hybrid. Um, and those two are, so it took, I'm so glad that Honda's there because for a while Toyota owned that hybrid SUV market. And um, I just think that's unfair. I don't think anybody should have the whole playing field to themselves as much as I love Toyota. Um, I'm glad that people have a choice, and and often it comes down to the dealership, which is the the dealer for you. And you know, if you if you're a Honda family and you wanted a, a hybrid, now you have one. So it gets about 40 miles to the gallon. MPG wise, it's very competitive with Toyota. I would say really the difference is how you drive the vehicle. Um, from there, the CRV has an electric uh, push button gear selector. So the, the center console looks very different. It also has deceleration paddles. So that allows you to pull the paddle sort of under your finger, your left hand on the steering wheel. There's a little paddle. You can pull that. And you'll actually feed energy back into the battery as you're uh, slowing or braking or driving down a hill, something like that. So there was, during my test drive, I actually was able to get my fuel economy up to about 44 miles to the gallon which is amazing for a car that size. And I will say then, you know, I hit a straightaway or went up a hill and it dropped down to 40 miles a gallon. So (laughs) you have to work hard to get that gain. But um, if you like to have your car uh, have a little more control over your fuel economy, that is such a nice feature. Inside, the car is beautiful. The the Touring Edition, which is the top of the line, has a lot of really great features. Um, It is, it's, all CRV. It's the new design of the CRV as well, so it looks really nice. Um, it's a little more sophisticated than the last uh, model year. I think 2019 was the last model year that was the old design, so it looks a lot better, um, and it's very well priced. So, uh, if that's if a, if a hybrid uh, all-wheel drive, which is standard in the Honda CRV hybrid, all-wheel drive is standard. So, if a if a if a small um, SUV with all-wheel drive is um, on your agenda, then definitely look at this one. And don't let the price of gas fuel, uh, fool you. I don't know where right. it is where you are. It is like about a dollar and a quarter where we are in Texas, which is just unheard of. But I just saw somebody saying 99 cents back east somewhere. That, uh, yeah, I, saw, I heard that in Michigan, too. 
Um, but, you know, what happens is the, ga- the price of gas is, is uh, artificially low right now because um, the uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia are arguing. And they actually they just settled the argument and they're going to reduce production. So the price is going to go up because of that. But it's also artificially low because no one's going anywhere. Everyone's staying at right. home. No one's really driving anywhere. So demand is very low. And so in order to get so those uh, gas stations, they want people to come in and buy chips and sodas and all that stuff. So they may take a little hit off of their last delivery. And what might cost them, you know, $1.35, they may drop it like 10 cents a gallon just to get people to come in and buy other stuff. So, you know, they're, they're trying to keep their doors open, too, and they're doing what they can. So we might right, usually see, you see the free coffee with the with the uh, gallon of gas. Now you might see free gas with a with a cup of coffee. Might <laughs> switch itself yeah. right around. Scotty, it's yeah. good to talk to you. Please stay safe. It's uh, it's comforting to hear your voice, and 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 I can see your smile all the way from Texas. Uh, every time Same we talk, you, I'll see you so uh, hopefully soon somewhere. Hope so. Take care. Thank you so much. All right, no problem. Girls Guide to Cars is Scotty's website. Lots of great stuff on here, um, you know, about a lot of different automotive topics and travel and technology and style and luxury, uh, all to do with automotive. I know we're late for a break, so we'll jump into it. We come back. We got a cartoon of the week coming up here on Drive Time Radio. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Right back with you on Drive Time Radio. New York, Vinny, in with you Saturday morning. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Don't forget you can catch us on Facebook at DriveTimeRadioAndTV.com or on the uh, Internet at DriveTime-Radio.com. And uh, you can always catch us on Twitter at uh, NYVINNIE. New York, Vinny, that's uh, the places you can find me during the week. We always uh, love to get your comments and your thoughts about the show. Please, uh, if there is uh, something you want to hear on the show, a car you want us to review, or something, uh, any comment on the show, please don't hesitate to pick up the phone. You can also get me at Vinny at drivetime radio. Dot com. Hope you are staying safe and uh, that you and your family are doing okay in this uh, crazy time. And I always think that in crazy times, uh, a little bit of music always makes me feel better. Uh, as you, if you know me, you know I'm a music guy, so I love all different kinds of music. And I was sad uh, this week that the, the coronavirus took a um, another legendary singer-songwriter, John Prine, uh, was a, a gentleman who had been around for years and years and years since the early 70s, late 60s. If you knew, uh, if you if you went past music, past the, the pop stations and into old stations like uh, The Mountain and um, uh, KEZX that used to be around before that and some of the progressive stations, you knew who John Prine was. He simply had that many great songs uh, worked with that many great people 
that you would know who he is and his work. He was uh, truly a songwriter's songwriter, a songwriter's singer. He, uh, you know, just was one of those people that uh, was able to stick their finger on the pulse of American life and write about it. Not in the same way that Springsteen writes about it. Not in the same way that maybe Billy Joel writes about it. Not in, uh, not with such pop appeal, uh, but with more of an earthy, more of a blues, more of a bluegrass, more of a um, an earth tones type of appeal to it. He wrote about real people in real situations, and he wrote about himself in many situations. One of his uh, songs, one of his albums, was entitled Pink Cadillac. And uh, the song from that that we'll play for you this morning is uh, titled simply Automobile, the late John Prine. All right, the late, great John Prine here on Drive Time Radio. And uh, that one entitled Automobile off of his album Pink Cadillac. Uh, Prine uh, passing away of the uh, coronavirus, uh, coronavirus, excuse me, um, uh, earlier this week, a sad day for the music uh, industry, uh, but yet, uh, as with many of these people that uh, pass away, uh, who have uh, been in the music business, left us a great legacy of uh, music to go back and listen to and to enjoy and to remember him by, and he will be remembered fondly by many, many people in this uh, in the music industry. All right, we'll do a quick um, drive-time road test for you. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we got a chance this week to uh, drive another edition of a car that we had driven earlier, the Chevrolet Colorado ZR2 Bison for 2020. Uh, This is a spectacular little off-road vehicle. We've driven to Colorado before we we, had... reviewed that, I believe, back in December, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, just off the top of my head. We could find that and talk about that at some other time. But this um, little Chevrolet Colorado they've put together, the ZR2 Bice, is a special edition. The one I drove had the uh, the Dormax diesel engine in it uh, that is um, just will pull a house down. If you are looking for an off-road vehicle and something that's going to take you off-road and tow that boat up to that lake up at the top of the mountain, and you don't want to spend seventy-five or eighty thousand dollars to do it, then the ZR2 Bison uh, gives you plenty of room, seats four comfortably. Really, you can jam five in there. It's not as obviously as big as the Silverado, uh, but you get a lot of space. Uh, you get a c- more compact truck that is easier for driving around when you're not towing the boat around. Uh, obviously, the same lines as the Colorado, but you get blackout rims, blackout um, bumpers, and blackout um, blackout uh, grill. And you also uh, get this thing is uh, engineered by uh, one of the premier off-road aftermarket manufacturers. It's a collaboration between AEV and Chevrolet. So it's not just Chevy that's putting this thing out, but it's also AEV uh, that is putting their mark on this with the skid plates and uh, the uh, roll bumpers, the added height, the bumpers that fold away, uh, that that move back so that you're able to um, also get more clearance for your off-road adventures. Uh, it gives you cast iron control arms. They give you exceptional strength in this thing. The 17-inch aluminum wheels, 31-inch Wrangler Duratrack off-road tires. And the rear end uh, gives you 3-4-2 ratio, which um, gives you good over rough terrain driving. Also, uh, a lot of different options that help you with towing a trailer, uh, such as the camera, uh, you know, that's... Uh, fadeaway camera in the back, the uh, black, uh, uh, excuse me, the trailering package that has the integrated brake controller, uh, the Jake brake in there, uh, and a bunch of different uh, different things uh, that help out with 
trailer towing. I have an air snorkel that's available. It wasn't on this particular model, but there is an air snorkel uh, that you can get to keep your uh, raise your horsepower a little bit in this thing. As I said, 338 pounds of torque, pounds feet of torque. As you are pulling, you just feel that this thing is going to pull a house down. It handles well over the road. And going up on rocks and on different terrain, you feel like it'll give you, it'll go about just about over anything. Now, we could obviously, we couldn't get into the OEV park. Um, so we will try to do that at some point in the future. But it was certainly, uh, you felt like uh, it would tow just about anything with a 7,500-pound towing capacity. And also... Uh, that it had enough power to get you where you wanted to go. Again, raised up, you know, enough height to get over to four, you know, small streams and things like that. It was a fun, solid edition of the Chevrolet Colorado that I think next to, you know, most people that go off-roading right now are loving the Toyota Tacoma. That seems to be their uh, their big, uh, the, the big car for off-roading, the big truck for off-roading. Well, I think that the Chevy Bison also deserves a look if you're going to go off-roading. Is that good? Just under 40, what was it, 49,700 as tested with uh, pretty well opted out. Uh, a good piece of equipment and a lot of fun for getting off the road is the Chevy uh, Colorado Bison diesel ZR2 edition. All right, that is going to do it for us for Drive Time. We thank you so much for listening to the radio show. And again, always appreciate it. We will catch up with you next week. Thank you to all our guests. Thank you to Scotty. And uh, catch up with you next week here, 8 o'clock, Saturday morning, if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise, right here on Alternative Talk, KKNW.